Welcome to Add Tension, a podcast from the American Advertising Federation, District 10. My name is Ray Shillings. Conversations with the people in our industry who make advertising and marketing impactful and relevant. Our stories take you behind the scenes on a variety of advertising platforms where we explore current trends and topics. AAF District 10 promotes professional development and networking, recognizes advertising excellence, provides news and resources, helps develop future industry leaders, and promotes the value of ethical and transparent advertising. And you can find out more about District 10 at aaf10.org. That's aaf10.org. A special uh, program today, uh, and we caught up with Audrey Gilbreth, uh, the founder and owner of the largest and oldest African-American-owned marketing agency in Houston. Why do you say that? Because we're talking uh, with Valentina and Alex in our last podcast. The Mosaic Awards coming up here, District 10 Mosaic Awards, are going to be coming on April 17th uh, in Oklahoma City. Uh, But Gilbreth Communications won the Mosaic Talent in Advertising for I Am Life campaign. I think it's so cool. When you do something and you create it, not only does it become a hit with uh, with your audience that you're resonating with, but somebody else recognizes and says, this is really, really, really good. So congratulations on that, Audrey. I can go on and on. 28 years ago, company has steadily expanded its business and raised its profile. Off the podcast, we had talked a little bit about the state of this market uh, going back to 1990. Uh, the fact that uh, a lot of things that were in 1990 are not necessarily what they are today. Uh, Things have changed. So since launching the agency, she has developed, implemented, and managed diverse integrated marketing campaigns, corporate communications programs, several public and private entities from a variety of industries, including energy, oil and gas, local and state government, higher education, employment, banking, transportation, sports, healthcare, and food packaging, I think we're out of categories, Audrey. So, uh, but but welcome and and congratulations on winning the award. Not only that, but you had won um, uh, accolades at the the Addy Awards uh, this past week as well. Yes, we did. Thank you very much. It's so fun to meet you face to face when you know of someone and you know of an agency and you've never met them. Uh, it's like, how have we never met before? Where where you know why is this? So today is the, is the day that we do that. You know. It sounds like you're having a lot of fun in doing what you're doing, huh? Absolutely. Um, I used to complain about um, other agencies doing other types of advertising, uh, for example, retail advertising or some type of product advertising, and that we were always doing uh, advertising uh, to make people aware of, of issues. And then, you know, I said, you know... That's not such a bad thing because I really truly feel that many of the campaigns that we've done over the years truly have made a difference in in the lives of not only our community but the state or or even the nation in some kind of way. Uh, this I Am Life campaign, although we talk about um, it uh, being a campaign that's directed towards the LGBTQ community, the bottom line is that it actually will ultimately save lives and perhaps even those who are outside of the LGBTQ community. And, um, and you have to feel good about that. Uh, and I think um, 
this is like a premier campaign for us. We've done clean air. We've done employment and health and all kinds of things um, where we've, you know, directed people or uh, made them aware of issues that they, you know, or ways to change their lives to do different things. But this one really, um, really makes you feel good about the work that you're doing. How did you come about this campaign? What uh, what are the uh, things that started uh, involvement in this campaign? Well, it's it's one of the first of its kind for the city of Houston. So so the Houston Health Department had put out a, a bid for uh, this project called Project Pride, and um, we submitted a bid for the project, and we really, I would say. Uh, you know, took it to task on um, getting this campaign and writing the RFP so we could have this opportunity to do this campaign. And um, another reason why is because it was a campaign that was directed towards um, HIV prevention um, in the African-American and Hispanic uh, gay and bisexual men uh, in in the community, as well as transgender. And um, we so many times do a lot of different campaigns that are directed towards the multicultural communities and LGBTQ, uh, et cetera. And, and this was right up our alley. We just felt that we were, the, we were pretty much the agency in the Houston market who could do a campaign of this kind. I remember way back when... Um, when Shell, uh, who is one of our oldest clients, uh, wanted to start directing their supply diversity campaign towards the LGBTQ community, and this was over 10 years ago. Uh, so they were scratching the surface then, and so we were learning a lot more about the community, people in the community who are just like us. <laughs> and uh, so over the years, we've had an opportunity to direct advertising or communications to that particular community, and uh, this one was just, you know, fit for us. Right time, right place, right city, right agency. You got it. And you got it, it. And the rest is just a piece of cake, right? Absolutely. No, absolutely. you guys worked hard, I'm we sure. We did. We did work very hard. We did our homework on it. You know, we did research um, so we could learn a lot of things uh, to, that would direct us towards this you know, particular um, uh, audience, and uh, and we decided to do this campaign a little bit differently. Um, the campaign featured twenty one ambassadors, and these are real people from the LGBT community uh, telling real stories. And uh, there, you know, in the past, you know, there was a lot of communications that was produced showing uh, this community from a sexual aspect. And our approach was to show them from a real-life aspect. And um, so, you know, we did a, a, what we call a talent search, but we were looking for real people, not not the talent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that's sometimes harder we, to do, isn't it? It is yeah. harder to do. Yeah. So we were pretty excited. We got an overwhelming response uh, to the point where we selected twenty one ambassadors, and we did twenty one personal stories on each one, and each one had a different story. <laughs> wow! And so. Um, it worked out really, really well. Uh, we did this campaign in English and in Spanish, and we got a lot of support. Channel 26 became a partner. 
uh, Metro became a partner where we were able to put posters and boards all over, uh, inside the buses, outside the buses, rail stations, et cetera. Uh, and we just spread the campaign all the way across the city. And um, we gave a big PR effort on it. We were picked up by national magazines, um, online uh, um, uh, blogs and, and social media sites that really took this, this campaign to a whole nother level. You know, we do uh, we do advertising and marketing, and that's fun, and that's engaging, and that's really cool. But when you can get into the diversity or things that really move the needle in, in, in the community, absolutely, uh, that's the best, I think that's the best thing you possibly can do. Then you feel that this is a very worthwhile thing that I'm doing, and it's going to make a difference, and that's obviously what you've done. Absolutely, and we're, and we're in a city that is, is really diverse, and you really cannot do a campaign in this city without... Um, uh, representation of diversity, then you're not speaking about Houston. You are used to winning awards. Uh, I guess you never get used to winning awards, but <laughs> but you, you you are a past president of the American Advertising Federation, Houston. Um, you are the first African American to be inducted in the Southwest Advertising Hall of Fame. Um, you were also uh, selected as a 2016 Silver Medal Award winner, one of the club's highest honors, and uh, you, you serve on many, many boards. But you come from the concert industry background. You spent some time with Pace Concerts way back when, which was a killer place to be. So what drew you into the advertising and marketing side of this thing? Well, actually, that's where I was headed. I, uh, uh, When I got out of school, you know, the idea was to find a job somewhere <laughs> That's good. Uh, and uh, I, I originally wanted to be a newscaster. And uh, coming to a city like Houston, uh, those opportunities weren't very prevalent at the time back in 1979 when I got here. Um, you know, they had maybe one or two African-Americans on TV at the time. So, you know, I said, well, I need to get a job. I'm going to stay in Houston. I, you know, I like the Houston market. And uh, an opportunity came up at Pace Concert. Um, uh, I became a media buyer for them, and uh, it was the best job I had out of college. I mean, I got a chance to go to attend uh, all the concerts that came through, especially behind the scenes, and uh, meet a lot of the entertainers, et cetera. I had an opportunity to scout bands uh, for concerts around Houston. That's how I really got to know Houston and uh, what existed in Houston and parts of town and all of that, and and really, really loved it. And then um, as the industry changed a little bit, uh, that was my first layoff <laughs> that I ever experienced. Go. But uh, it worked out for me because then I started working for J. Walter Thompson. Well, and, that wasn't a bad slide. Uh, so it wasn't a bad slide. Yeah. I wasn't unemployed very long. And uh, I think that experience is what actually led me to uh, that advertising job. And I started doing employee communications for a lot of companies like Compact Computers and uh, Houston Police Department looking for police officers and some of your larger construction companies like at the time M.W. Kellogg and Fleur Daniel and all of those companies looking for engineers. And it just actually transitioned into doing great advertising or communications programs. So what was your biggest find in the concert world and local talent? Do we have any famous names on on board there for, oh my for local gosh. talent? Um, it was everybody from ZZ Top to Diana Ross. I mean... Well, those are two names that we know. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, had a wonderful time. And it was scary, too, because, uh, you know, a lot of things that go on behind the scenes you, you just don't know about. But 
you know. So. We were doing a promotion at the, uh, the Cineplex Odeon Theaters many, many years ago, back in the 80s. And uh, I had this dude walk up. He had a beard and a hat on and sunglasses. And it didn't, I didn't click at the first thing. And he goes, yeah, is uh, Steve Lundy here uh, tonight? Steve Lundy, Lundy was one of our radio personalities here in the Houston market. And he goes, I just wanted to thank him for playing our records up in Tyler. He's he like really helped us, and so he came to our event to number B, number B at the Billy Gibbons to be at the event, and uh, and then come up to me and say, "Tell Steve thanks because he really did a lot of good stuff." That that to me is a really cool thing to have happen. It sure is. Hey, I want to brag a little bit. Uh, family is important. You you have forty years of of marriage, which is. Uh, congratulations. Thank That's you. That's wonderful. Thank you, yes. So I want you to brag a little bit on Wardell, your husband. <laughs> yeah, on his induction, very recent induction into the Texas Panhandle Sports Hall of Fame. Yes. What's that all about? Yes. I, and, you know, it's it's really amazing um, uh, because he is one of those kind kind of people that he's so good at pushing me, pushing me out there. No, you go. You do this. You do this. He's, he has been my support, my backbone. Uh, for Gilbreth Communications, uh, well, even beyond Gilbreth. And um, that was the second Hall of Fame induction that he got in really? two years. The first one was um, the um, uh, what was the Junior College Hall of Fame. He ran track, and um, he was inducted in the Hall of Fame, the Junior College Hall of Fame, and then the Panhandle Hall of Fame for the records that he currently still holds in track and field in the Panhandle. He's from Amarillo, Texas, and he still holds a record in high school uh, that no one has uh, broken yet. And he also holds a record at the junior college he attended uh, that no one has broken yet. And let it be told, he also has a record still at the University of Arizona where he attended that has yet to be broken <laughs> in track and field. You see pictures of me. He still looks like a jock, okay? <laughs> I don't know how old he is, but none matter. He still, he still, he looks like he works out. You know yeah, what I'm saying? A little bit, a little this bit, is, uh, yes. Uh, you know, what would you say? So, family's very important to you. Yes, uh, indeed. Uh, your mom, uh, uh, just an absolutely beautiful woman, uh, and, and obviously you're taking good care of her. Good for you. That's Thank not an you. easy thing to do, is no, it? No, it's not. No, it's not. You just uh, you just go with it. Um, you know, um, you look at uh, especially when you're when you're looking at situations like dementia. Um, you try to put yourself in their world. What could they possibly you know, be thinking or doing or feeling. And, um, you know, unfortunately, many of us might be there one day. And uh, so uh, I would want to know uh, that I'm in good hands, you know, uh, as I age. And so children, if you're sure. listening to your mom, <laughs> this is an important message. Note to self, take good care of mom because mom's taking good care of grandma or whatever you call your mom, basically. Yeah. You know, what attracts, let's go back to the agency for a mm -hmm, minute. What mm -hmm. attracts folks to, to Gilbreth? Uh, what's the attraction factor there? Well, I think the biggest uh, attraction is the fact that they can work on a lot of different projects, diverse projects. And I mean hands-on work. Um, and then also, if you walk into Gilbreth Communications, and this is really something that we pride ourselves on, you're going to see somebody there that looks like you. And if you're, to me, if you're going to do diversity uh, advertising and you're a diverse firm, et cetera, you have to walk the walk and 
talk the talk. And that has been something at our agency that has just come about. I just try to find the best talent. I don't care what color it is. And we have developed uh, an agency that basically breeds good talent. Um, We bring in good talent. And then the people that are there uh, learn to work together. They learn to share their differences. They learn to understand the differences in order to create good diversity campaigns for our clients. Um, and one of the things that, you know, I tell people uh, when they when they do come into Gilbreth, don't be afraid to talk about your culture and who you are. Uh, it, it, a lot of times it's something that's going to help us share things with, with our clients. Yeah. Um, we've never had a client that has offended us in any kind of way, and we have never offended a client in any kind of way. But you have to be able to have the conversation if you're going to do good communication. Is this a mission statement or is this something that just looks really great in your website? Because it sounds like you're talking about it from my Angelou. Uh, we should all know that diversity makes for a rich tapestry. And listen to this closely. We should all know that diversity makes for a rich tapestry. Picture that. And we must understand that all the threads are equal in value, no matter what the color what a great, uh, what a great thing to put on your website. Yes. Is that is that it who is, you guys are? That's pretty much who we are. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty that, much who we are, and and it gives me chills today to even you know hear that um, again, um, especially in the world that we live in today. But those are the kinds of things that help us build uh, character and help our children to grow into uh, good citizens. Uh, and help them to to grow into you know good stewards of philanthropy. Um, and you know I, I was listening to one of the the uh, uh, shows uh, yesterday, and they were talking about Kobe Kobe Bryant, unfortunately, uh, with the uh, the accident that happened. And one of the things that they were talking about is how different things bring people together. In his space, it was sports. You know, you, you see people going in different directions, their own kinds of ways, and, 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 you know, associating with, you know, maybe one group of people, et cetera. But when they get in a sports arena and everybody's going for the same team, they become a whole different audience. Everybody's high-fiving. They don't care who they're next to and, and you know, enjoying themselves and, and, and all of that. And that person now becomes my team. <laughs> You're right about <laughs> that. Not becomes only becomes my with... supporter because we're on the same team. And then, you know, in some cases, people will go on home and start back in those separate ways again. And, and you, you could you could lay that with uh, with most any sport. Uh, you know, exactly. you, you've got a team, and you look at you look at you know fifty thousand people in a stadium. There's a whole bunch of different people there. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. have a question though, because I'm looking at uh, I'm seeing you in Texans jerseys and Cowboy jerseys. <laughs> So I'm trying to figure out which one is the number one favorite. You don't have to answer that if you don't want to, okay? <laughs> but I thought that was rather ironic because you look like you're both having a great time at both the stadiums. It's like, well, okay, they like right. both teams. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Nothing wrong. With, and, and we do have some great sports, uh, sporting teams here. We do. And and my husband was a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan, although we've been There's the Oiler okay. Texan fans, you know, uh, season ticket holders all this time. But also my son-in-law played for Dallas. Okay. So I was wearing, um, uh, if you saw me in the Dallas Dallas shirt, it was be- in support of my son-in-law. 
You don't have to explain that, Audrey. It's fine. I'm okay with that because I, I love the Cleveland Browns, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, I am from Cleveland, so I need to love the Cleveland Browns. And I did love the Oilers and the Texans. Mm-hmm. Astros, I love my Texans. Astros having a rough start. I hope they can pass uh, pass along, uh, pass through this time, uh, sadly, because it's kind of a black eye for uh, what was, and hope, hopefully it'll be a good season for them. Mm-hmm. I hope it is. I hope they can win. I hope so, too, and I hope they get back on track. I think they will. So 1990 was the start of your agency. You put the key in the door. You opened the door. What was that first day like for you? Wow, it was just me. (laughs) 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 Uh, So it was quite an an experience. Uh, uh, I opened up uh, uh, Gilbreth uh, originally uh, in an upstairs bedroom and realize I have to have stimulation uh, it, it with my mind with other people and moved into an executive suite and it was just me but I didn't you know I had all the resources of everything else and if you work for J. Walter Thompson you definitely learn how to utilize resources that are around you whether it's creative talent whether uh, it was uh, research whether it was copywriters or anything else and I learned that very easily uh, you know coming from the account service side and uh, uh, so it didn't take me very long. Um, I had an opportunity to uh, come open my agency at a time when um, diversity actually had become a part of um, a company's uh, uh, brand strategy, and uh, which was good because the energy company really uh, reached out and started developing programs. Um, and I don't want to call it a program, but started developing outreach to suppliers that were diverse. So, uh, one of the first, uh, energy companies I worked with was Shell Oil and they are a client today. Um, we worked and helped them to communicate their supply diversity program, uh, and it grew over the years, and uh, we're still working with them in their supply diversity program. That's a big testament. Why do why do clients love you? What's a couple of things about uh, the love about the agency and you guys? Well, I, for one thing, I think I'm an honest person. Um, I'm very uh, compassionate. Um, I, um, um, you know, I, I I think you know the knowledge too uh, over the years, and I don't have a problem learning from a client. Um, when we get to the place where we think we know it all, uh, we're in the wrong business. Uh, and, um, you know, I continue to try to uh, not only learn about their their business, but continue to learn about my business yeah. and the, the business I'm in. And, um, and so I think that has helped along the way um, with uh, building relationships, you know, with clients. But I think at the end of the day, you know, they want someone that they can trust, that they can put their account in that person's hands or that agency's hands and know that they're doing the right thing. You know, since 1990 and over the years, uh, have clients changed What is or what has changed in your world of advertising and marketing? Oh, I think they have. I, actually, I think the client is smarter today. Not to say they weren't smart then, you know, back in the day, but a lot of times, um, you know how people uh, have done with marketing. Oh, so-and-so is tired of this department. Department, Throw them in marketing. <laughs> throw them in advertising. <laughs> no, throw them you. in, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you, you had a lot of people that you were working with that you were also educating about the business that you were in. Some people would take advantage of it, and some people would look at it as an opportunity to educate a client who could be a long-term client. 
you know, and that's how I looked at it is, you know, you're teaching that client along the way, um, you know, some of the things that you know um, to help your process, you know, a little bit better and run a little bit more efficiently. And that's kind of what we would do. But today, you know, you have uh, clients now, some are, are younger than others, and they're coming out with master's degrees in uh, communications, whether it's public, public relations, you know, uh, digital communications, you know, there's a, uh, a degree for almost everything in our, our business today. And so they're coming out understanding what strategy is and how to do strategy. So, you know, that's why I say you, you can always learn from a client as well. And um, uh, so that learning curve with each other uh, doesn't take as long, you know, because they kind of know the business a little bit. Do your uh, children uh, understand and appreciate all of the incredible things you've done uh, the, these so many years? You know, the older they get, the more I think they do. Good. And I think, uh, uh, you know, really focusing in on the work and having some experience themselves with entrepreneurship, you know, many times they'll say, God, how did you do this? <laughs> how did you do this? And um, you have to start out by loving what you do. Because it doesn't become work if you love what you do. And, uh, and, and so I think that kind of puts a perspective on it. And, uh, and, and I love it when they ask me questions, questions because it really tells me that they're interested. <laughs> and it tells me that, you know, uh, they really do appreciate now, uh, you know, what mom and dad has done over the years and how hard that we've worked, how hard we've worked and how hard we continue to work. I mean, even today... You know, it's hard work. It's nothing's easy, you know, and we have we have had some challenges. I'm not going to deny that um, with uh, being an African-American owned and being a woman owned uh, agency. And um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I still feel that there's been a lot of opportunity here in Houston. We've had an opportunity to capitalize on that. So if the agency stopped being the center of what you do tomorrow, mm -hmm. what would you do? It would probably, uh, besides traveling whenever I want to, <laughs> uh, education has always been a passion of mine. And I truly believe that we have to pay it forward. And um, I don't know if you know, but I, I offer a scholarship through the AEF uh, Foundation. I've heard that before, um, yes. And yeah. I started this several years ago um, but my passion with that was not only to create the scholarship, uh, but also to uh, direct that scholarship to HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. And that was to ensure that students who also come from those schools stay engaged with AAF as well as the industry uh, and continue their education. Uh, in the field of communication um, and in hopes that one day it's not going to matter what scholarship you give out to anybody. Uh, but um, I, I just kind of felt that when I started to do that, that there was a need to uh, make sure those schools were included in the process. You, uh, you've been involved uh, many years for the, with the American Advertising Federation, mm -hmm. both on the local level and the national level and mm -hmm. the district level as well. Let's talk about uh, AAF and the importance of uh, this organization as it relates to you. Uh, mm -hmm. Why is this an important element? Well, I, I always did feel, and I have to say that many, many years ago, I don't know if you remember um, the agency owner, Larry Sacknowitz. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, Larry was the one that actually got me engaged uh, more into uh, HAF. And, you know, I have to say, I had, I thought way back when, way, and I mean way back when in the day when I first started uh, in the industry, I wasn't so sure that the club was for me because I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me. But I was never taught to shy away from anybody. And I always felt that ad clubs or any club that's in your industry, you should be learning something from them. And one of the things that, a couple of things that I learned, one, just running an agency. Um, you know, I had, and even today, I have an opportunity to talk with different business owners and different people who may run their business a little bit different. And sharing that information is always good. But also the information that you get about your industry. Um, you should be involved in any club that's in, in your particular industry. And I liked HAF because not only did we have uh, agency people, but we, we had a lot of vendors and, uh, and even today people who can add resources, uh, especially during a time now when everything's online or, you know, people are trying to run uh, their firms more efficiently and not have a lot of people and where can I find a good resource. I have people that I work with today that I've worked with for 25 years. That's not to say no one else can do it, but it's to say that the relationship was good and the business was good with that, you know, uh, that vendor or partner. And, um, And we haven't had to add those resources into the agency. Our industry has changed uh, a lot since 1990. Uh, do you have any clues as to what might be the next big idea, according to George Lois? Well, I'm, you know, what I'm hearing now, as far as the way the, the offices, offices are going is, you know, there are people out there trying the whole virtual, <laughs> you know, you wonder if there's going to be any brick and mortar, you know, out there at all. Um, and I think there's some pros and cons to that. Um, I do think, uh, you know, I don't want to think that uh, print and broadcast and some of the other things are, 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 are dying in our industry because we're still going to have to receive information. So I think the way we receive information uh, will par- probably continue to, to change. Uh, the phone has become one of the most constant things uh, over the past few years that everybody seemed to be uh, gravitating to for you to receive all types of information from your health records yeah. <laughs> all the way down to, which is the, good, to you know? movies, yeah. you know, which is good. But, you know, you get that phone stolen or you lose that phone, you feel like you've lost your life. That is right there on it, you know. Your personal friend is gone. <laughs> You're violated. So, it's not good. And then if no. your eyesight is like mine, you know, uh, I wonder how, how big they can make the type, you know, on the phone to be sure you can see the information that you're getting. You bring up a good point. <laughs> I, I've not gotten to that point yet, but probably one day I will. <laughs> Congratulations again on winning the Mosaic Talent and Advertising for the I Am Life campaign. Where can folks actually see this campaign? Do you have that uh Yes, uh, in a we, place where they can uh, definitely. That? So we have um, the HoustonIamLife.com website, uh, and you can find everything on there. All of our personal stories, our ambassadors, uh, the story about I Am Life, uh, where it got started, how you know how we developed the campaign, our launch, our uh, press releases, um, 
all of the the articles that have been uh, produced and and written and um, all of our online uh, you know hits and stories. Um, uh, just a wonderful site to visit and understand the purpose of the campaign uh, is to um, either get on prep or uh, treatment as prevention. Uh, and it explains what those two categories mean um, uh, for any audience. And um, and you'll find its purpose purpose and uh, and how to, you know, access uh, treatment. Uh, and how to access inf- more information, and um, it's a wonderful site. Good for you. I, mm-hmm. We'll look forward to seeing you in Oklahoma City as well in April for the awards. Uh, oh, and I look forward to going. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a great city, by mm-hmm. the way, and it's going to be a lot of fun. How wonderful it is to finally again meet you face to face. We we've been doing the same thing for a long time in the advertising community, so it's right really cool to connect. Continued success, and. Most importantly, continue to do the things well above the bar uh, that need to be done in this city. Uh, I'm thinking mayoral term next time, but, oh, but you know, no. you never, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> so find out more. Uh, go to Gilbreth Communications if you'd like to find out more about Audrey and all of the wonderful things that you're doing. Give your mom a hug for me. I will. Congratulate so Wardell for his uh, amazing uh, award as well. And do you have enough uh, shelf space at the agency for all of these awards you've been winning? <laughs> we always have plenty of room for awards, and we love giving them to our clients so they can showcase them as well. So on to next year. Film at 11, more to come. Here we go. You have been listening to a podcast from the American Advertising Federation, District 10. You can find out more at aaf10.org. Subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast by RSS or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. We are there. Do this and you'll never miss a new podcast. Your rating on iTunes will help us grow. And don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. Until next time, thanks for listening. This is Ad Tension, copyright 2020. I'm Ray Schillen.